Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the ID Podcast. We are here at the NAREP and Latitude Conference, and I have the pleasure and the honor to have two just powerhouses today in front of me. Guys, I don't want to introduce y'all because I want you guys to introduce yourself because I feel like you guys will do a much better job than I will. We'll start right here with you, my friend. Well, I'm Mark Madrid. I'm the CEO of the Latino Business Action Network, and I'm delighted to be in this position with this organization. We're a 501c3 nonprofit that collaborates with Stanford Graduate School of Business. And we focus on three priorities. And it's all about Latino economic development, specifically with entrepreneurship. And we focus on research through this collaboration with Stanford. The collaboration is called the Stanford Latino Entrepreneurship Initiative. We consider it, and so many nationally, a unicorn initiative. Mm -hmm. And we focus on research, education impact programs, mm -hmm and national ecosystem development of mm -hmm. thriving and scaled mm -hmm. Latino and Latina firms across the country. Oh, I love it. I love it. Then we'll let you introduce yourself. My name is Jennifer Garcia. I am the Director of Programs and Communications for Elban. I get the pleasure of working with Mark Madrid as well as my other peer, Elian Savadivkar, who's not with us at the moment. <laughs> I work on a couple different fronts. We have a small team, so we do multiple things, primarily responsible for programming of our two cohorts that we have each year. Every year we host two different cohorts, one in the fall, one in the spring with about 80 entrepreneurs at each class. I am responsible for the entire programming of those two cohorts. Wow. In addition to that, which we'll probably get into a little bit later, is the mentoring program. Mm -hmm. No, I love it. I love it. Now, okay, because I just want to dive right into it, but I don't think that's fair to you guys. So I, I want to know and I want the listeners to know a little bit about y'all's background. So let's start with you, Mark. Tell us a little bit about where you come from and kind of how you got to this point. You got it. Well, I have my boots on, <laughs> as I always do today. And that's it's from my heritage. I grew up in the Texas Panhandle in a small farming community. Okay. And the reason why is as my parents were migrant farm workers, mm -hmm. so they picked cotton. Mm -hmm. I'm about third generation. My parents, my mom just didn't pass the fourth grade and my dad completed junior high. So they're the hardest workers that I know. And mm -hmm. that's why we moved to the Texas Panhandle. Mm -hmm. It was a very tough place to grow up, very conservative part of the country. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of Latinos at that time, mm -hmm. not a lot of African-Americans, no Asian-Americans. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I have a lot to be thankful for, for my farming community. But it was a difficult place for Latinos. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that the way out of the farming community was going to be education. Yeah. So I didn't grow up in an academic household. Mm -hmm. But since I entered my first competition in third grade and won first place, mm -hmm. I noticed, and I don't know if it was me or uh -huh. the system, but I noticed I was treated differently. Yeah. And so that put me on a path. And a phrase that resonates with me is no one can ever take your education from you. Yeah. So I was the, the first Latino valedictorian in the history of the high school. Boom. <laughs> and, Love it. Uh, I'll never forget it. The principal, he said, Mark, we're so excited. You are the Hispanic with the highest GPA amongst Hispanics ever in the school. And I think my father was in my heart at that moment. I said, that's great. But how do I stand related to all students that have passed through mm -hmm. this high school? And I'd be happy to help out with that database management if you need some help with that, Mr. Yeah. Principal. So they came back and said, you have the highest GPA in the history of the school. And so I say that because at that moment, I realized that 
we have work to do as Latinos, not only to represent our community, but to be our best selves. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going to the University of Texas in Austin, mm -hmm. and God just really blessed me with that opportunity. And my career began on Wall Street mm -hmm. and investment banking with JP Morgan. Okay. And just the Cliff Notes version is I had a 13 and a half year career in banking. Mm -hmm. The Great Recession had to shut down a bank. I was one rung from being the president of a bank, which was my childhood dream. And it was a very difficult experience. Mm -hmm. But that moment and the corner of a Starbucks is not a myth. It was a reality. Mm -hmm. I realized, you know, I need to identify as a Latino. I need to give back to the community that's given so much to me. And that's where my, my passion was manifested for Latino economic development. Okay with so many others across this country. Mm -hmm. So my career began in that space with the Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Okay. And I started at the very bottom, okay. selling small business memberships. Okay. And that's where I began to know the Latino and Latina entrepreneur. And mm -hmm. so I graduated the CEO of the Greater Austin Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and then this wonderful opportunity with the ecosystem of so many others to become the CEO of the Latino Business Action Network. Okay. So here, okay. here we are. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm being from Houston, you know, I think that's great. And I've actually started getting involved with the Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce right now as well. Fantastic. So, you I know, see Pearland on Yeah, your so we're right around the corner from, from it. So yeah, you know, so I, I got to give a little love to Houston. You know, that that's great. Shout out to Jennifer, Houston. Jennifer, what about you? Yeah, so similar to Mark in some ways, I grew up in north central New Mexico in a small town called Mora. It was a predominantly Hispanic community. Okay. So we, my high school was probably 99% Hispanics. Mm -hmm. My parents were, my dad was an entrepreneur. And, and when I say entrepreneur, it's not the glamorous entrepreneurs we see today. Mm -hmm. He actually, we started off, he was digging trees and he'd park on the side of the road and sell those trees. We'd get rock. He'd park yeah. on the side of the road and sell rock. His business grew and now he has, you know, a, a larger landscaping material business but awesome. that was kind of the hard work that I grew up with mm -hmm. my mom was a teacher and so she has always instilled and they both always instilled education and the value and importance of education I remember my dad would say well you have two choices you could continue to work with me and the pala or you could go to school <laughs> and so I knew what I wanted to do <laughs> so I graduated and I went to school in Colorado I went to Colorado State up in Fort Collins that for me was breaking the mold mm -hmm. from just leaving the state. Most people in my community, if they went to school, they certainly stayed in state. Yeah. I went to Colorado. I majored in finance and business. I was very focused. My dream actually was to work on Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And when I graduated, I had an opportunity to move out west to San Francisco, the Bay Area. I started my career at a money management firm and then I spent about 13 years with Bloomberg Financial. So that was a fantastic experience, great company where you just, you learn a lot. You learn a lot about mm -hmm. sales, customer service, management experience, product development. Very grateful for that time. But I think what happened to me over you know the course of time there is I knew inside there was something screeching in my heart mm -hmm. and I didn't know what that expression looked like. And I wrestled with it for quite a while until, you know, I had a few different light bulb moments where I knew there was more and I wanted more. Mm -hmm. What it took for me was to really break the golden handcuffs because when you're in a corporate environment mm -hmm. and you have the security of a corporate world, mm -hmm. you know, the check, the benefits, etc., mm -hmm. it's really hard to step away from that. But I think for me that screeching was so loud I could no longer ignore it. Yeah. And so I stepped out. 
and I did two things. I launched my own business and then I joined Elban. Love it. That's awesome. No, I love the stories, guys. And you know, that's funny that you're saying that something reached out to y'all. You had that calling because it was the same thing for me. You know, when I went out on my own, I was like, oh, I'm just going to do taxes and, you know, just do that. But then I was like, no, I, I felt something that higher calling, you know. So now I'm, I'm trying to, at least in the accounting profession, you know, uplift the Latino community, give them the resources they need to know that hey, you know, it works the way we've been doing it, but guys, there's technology out there that'll save you time and money to spend time, more time with our family, because that's the most important thing to us. That's right. Or at least to me. You know I mean? Some people maybe yes or no, but for the most part, you know, in this community, that's what's important. And so that, that's kind of been my big initiative. And so when, you know, I got the chance to interview you guys, that, you know, that's what you guys are trying to do for the whole community. I'm like, ooh, like I'm sitting here like blushing a little bit, you know? So <laughs> I'm a little starstruck here, guys. But no, I think that's great. I love it. And, you know, I do need to shout out. So, you know, Mark, I met at the Latino Tax Fest a little bit. And then Tony kind of put us together. And then Jennifer's husband, Arthur, connected us. So this is kind of like, again, two people I've met in the accounting industry is what made this happen. So I got to give a shout out to them. Yeah. You know, kind Absolutely. of a little bit of love. But, okay, so let's talk about Elban. That's why we're here. You guys are here representing and everything. So tell us a little bit what it is. Because I had never heard about it until, honestly, Arthur was posting about it. And then a, a colleague of mine, Nuri Sanz, you know, we've been working a lot together with, right. with Zero, yeah. the accounting software, to kind of uplift the accounting community, the Latino community. Yes. And so she's like, yeah, you know, I'm a cohort or, or a member. or I don't know what. She's, she's now an alum of our scaling program. Yeah. Yes. And so I was like, oh, huh. you know, and I looked into it. So I guess go ahead because I'm just going to keep rambling. <laughs> well, in 2012, something magnificent happened. Mm -hmm. There's a living legend by the name of Professor Jerry Porras, mm -hmm. and he's a professor emeritus at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. Okay. One of only two U.S.-born tenured professors in the history of the Stanford Graduate School of Business. Okay. You might know of a world-renowned business read, Built to Last. Mm -hmm. He co-authored that with Jim Collins, the good to great guy. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually okay. built to last preceded good to great. A lot of folks don't know that, but co-authored by a Latino. Yeah. And so this man coalesced a group of high profile mm -hmm. Latino and Latinas that had Stanford blood, mm -hmm. specifically graduate school of business blood. Mm -hmm. And they came together and said, you know, we want to do something to influence a beneficial narrative of Latinos and Latinas as major contributors to the American economy and mm -hmm. the fabric of American society. Mm -hmm. Look at the foresight that they had when you consider what happened in El Paso just a couple of months ago yeah. and what was in that manifesto. So these leaders had this vision to create this organization, mm -hmm. not a social organization, but a business organization, mm -hmm. all about economics. Mm -hmm. The first order of business was to approach Stanford mm -hmm. and the president of Stanford at that time, John Hennessy. He said, we want to do something major and massive that's going to change the world, mm -hmm. which is the mission of the Stanford GSB. Mm -hmm. And so Elban was birthed and launched. And then the collaboration with Stanford University. The first order of business was to create and produce the most robust research in U.S. history mm -hmm. on Latinx entrepreneurship. Okay. And why? Well, Latinx startups are outpacing the general market. Mm -hmm two to three X over the last 15 years. Wow. So it's an American economic imperative. Mm -hmm. So we're happy to say that mission really accomplished. We've produced through the collaboration four reports and we're working on our fifth mm -hmm. and that's on the Stanford side. Mm -hmm. The report is called the state 
of Latino entrepreneurship. Okay. You can find that on the web. You can go to www.lban.us okay. for those reports. Mm-hmm. They're fully downloadable, shareable. We have executive summaries in English and in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So everyone listening, you can become thought leaders on U.S. Latinx entrepreneurship, uh-huh. all from Stanford University. Love it. Okay. The reports kept reiterating something that's a little troubling, a Mm -hmm. statistic that only two to three percent of our ecosystem of Latinx entrepreneurs are scaled. And we define that as over a million dollars of annual gross revenues in terms of a business. And so we went on a mission then to recruit and identify as many of these top two to three percenters in terms of revenue across the country Mm -hmm. because we struck another relationship with Stanford. And that is a scaling program Mm -hmm. focusing on elevating mindset. So we thought this particular group had the highest potential to further scale and to further drive the U.S. economy. So we're happy to report another success element is over the course of three and a half years, we've graduated 507 scaled Latinx entrepreneurs from this program and combined this group combined gross annual revenues over one point eight five billion dollars. Wow. So do the math, that's an average of about four to five million per yeah. company. They employ over forty five thousand across thirty states in Puerto Rico. Uh-huh. So by twenty twenty two, our goal is to have a thousand graduates and by twenty fifty five thousand graduates. And we project combined annual gross revenues for that group in twenty fifty mm-hmm. will be fifty billion dollars. Wow. They will be employing over a million Americans and entrepreneurs will come from 50 states in Puerto Rico. So that's in a nutshell what we do, why it's so important. I'm delighted to be sitting here with Jennifer and Elian is here in spirit, but these two have poured their hearts and souls. And not only do they have the work ethic, but they have the strategery is what we call Mm -hmm. it, to drive this organization. And I would have to say that Elban is leading the way as a Latino organization. We're at the top of our game right now. And it's because of the community of support that we have. Mm -hmm. And we have dynamic volunteers. Jennifer's going to talk about mentors, capital providers. We have incredible sponsors like Wells Fargo and Mm -hmm. Fox Corporation that have been with us from the beginning. In fact, Wells Fargo doubled their investment in us this year. So we're here at Latitude. Uh And I say this with ganas and pride. But what's happening around here is we're telling the universe about the power of Latinos driving the American economy. So that's what our organization does. I love it. No, and you know, and I think that's great because at least in, in my industry, I do see they hit that million dollar range or, or close to it. They kind of, they stay stagnant. You know, they, they don't know how to scale. They don't know how to take that next step, you know, that you guys are providing this. I think that's amazing. That's an amazing thing to do, you know, which is what I'm trying to do as well is kind of, you know, you know help them understand their numbers, help them understand that, hey, I give you a set of financials. It's not just, okay, how much cash do I have in the bank? No, 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 you know, look at your margins and are you making the money and where are you at compared to everybody? Where are you at compared to, you know, everybody in the industry? Not just, you know, John down the street or, you know, Juan who's competing with you here. No, you know, where are you compared to the top producers in your industry and how do we get you from there to there kind of thing? So that, that's been kind of my initiative as well. So well, thank you for your efforts. That, so when I found out about you guys, I was like, oh, I love it. So Jennifer, I see you guys, I'd like you to, uh, you got a little bit of something to say, right? Well, yeah, you know, just hearing you say that, I recall a conversation that I had with just a stakeholder of our organization, and he works primarily with the wine industry up in Napa Valley. And he was saying, I work with so many Latino businesses, Latino wine owners who are doing great. They're doing really well. 
million above. He's like, but what happens is I look at them and they're doing great, but I look at everyone else and they're doing fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so how do we get, you know, these business owners, Latino business owners who already feel very successful and rightfully are, Mm -hmm. how do we take them to the next level? And I think that's really what the core of who we are and what we do here at Elbound is how we get them to the next level. No, I love it. I mean, it's, it's all about community. You know, we can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. I can get you there certain, you know, as far as the numbers go. But, you know, there's other things that I don't know. You know, I'm not an expert, you know, to fully get you there. But, you know, combining forces, bringing the community, getting guys like you to help them scale, you know, on other aspects that maybe I'm not strong in, you know. I can help them understand the numbers. Then we got somebody else maybe on the marketing side that can kind of help them, you know, bringing a community together to help the community. And you're right. And we were recently featured in Hispanic Executive. Mm-hmm. And how they publicized this article is they said we have the secret sauce. Nice. And our secret sauce is our entrepreneurs. They're the humanizing aspect of the research coming out of Stanford. And the secret sauce is we're able to have a millennial vegan dog food manufacturer mm-hmm. in the same room as a 30-year-old business veteran yeah. that owns a restaurant. Yeah. They're able to sit in the classroom together and relate to each other. Yeah. It gives me chill bumps every time I think about it because these 70 to 80 that come through our cohorts mm-hmm. often reflect and say, we've never been in an environment like this, mm-hmm. lifting each other up mm-hmm. with so many scale firms, look left, look right. Mm-hmm. We also have a mantra that I think is beneficial to megaphone, and that is do business with each other and get business for each other. Yeah. And so that's exactly what you're doing with your business. And so I see you out here making connections, but also making business connections. Mm -hmm. And that's really important for our community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. So would it be helpful if we share a little bit more about the program itself? I know we're talking about like the fringes of it. That was going to be my next next step is I was going to be like, okay, now we talked about what you guys do, but can we talk a little bit about the program? Because that, I mean, personally, it interests me, you know, and I'm sure everybody else is listening kind of like, okay, you know, tell tell me more. Yeah, I know I'm on edge right now, too. So. So this particular program, which is the Stanford Latino Entrepreneurship Initiative Education Scaling Program, it is a eight week program where a participant, the entrepreneur, participates in an online, so it's a virtual course. And throughout the course, they are learning scaling principles, right? They're learning the principles that they need to take their business to the next level. A lot of it, as Mark mentioned earlier, is mindset, right? How do you shift the way you think about your business and the Mm -hmm. way you think about growth to think outside of the box, to Mm -hmm. think through different measures? Fundamentally, what that looks like is we bring them to Stanford at the start of the program, at the launch of the program, and they have a two-day intensive weekend where they get to learn and understand who's in the room, who are their Mm -hmm. peers. They get to meet the L-Band team. They get to meet the professors. They really just get immersed in the culture of who we Mm -hmm. are. And then they go back home, they run their business, and they do homework at night, right? They're reading the curriculum. They're doing the assignments. They're commenting on their peers, et cetera. Throughout that course, what we also do, and this is actually a response to what we saw in research, right? Mm -hmm. In the research report that Mark was mentioning earlier, we know that Latino business owners have a limited access to network. 
And so one of the, our responses to that is we pair every entrepreneur with a mentor and Love that it. mentor walks with them throughout the course of the program. They really are their thought partner. They challenge them to think about business differently. They keep them accountable for some of the goals that they're working towards. Mm -hmm. That sounds amazing. Like I'm literally going to sign up as soon as you guys leave. I'm not going to lie to you. So I'm not there at the million dollar yet, but you know, we'll see. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when for you. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to get there, you know, but sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. I just, I'm like really giddy right now. This is awesome. I love it. I so. love the excitement. That's what we are <laughs> hoping to inspire. <laughs> Yeah. So that's what they're doing. They're going through this intensive program for eight weeks. Mm -hmm. At the end of the eight weeks, they come back to Stanford. And this is just an opportunity now for them to celebrate their accomplishments and their successes. They've worked really hard throughout mm -hmm. the program. One thing that we haven't talked about that kind of gets interlaid into this is, again, a response from the research is that we know that Latino business owners do not have the same access to capital as non-Latino business owners. And there's probably various factors for that. So what we do as part of the program is, one, we educate them as what access to capital looks like. Mm -hmm. And to your point, what you were saying, Jose, is like, you don't just get your financial statements and say, what's my cash, right? You need to understand the, your statements. You need to understand what your financials are. So we mm -hmm. do a lot of webinars and education as to what they need to know about that. Great. Then we give them assignments. And we say, we want you to create a one pager. We want you to create a pitch deck. And just the very fact of them going through that exercise causes them, forces them to learn more about their business yeah. and be prepared to engage in these conversations with a banker, with a VC, with a private equity. Mm -hmm. All of that education and exercise gets culminated at the end of the program in what we call a capital matchmaker session. Okay. And what that is, is every entrepreneur has an opportunity to sit down with a minimum of two capital providers. Wow. And it's a one-on-one -on -one session where, and I've seen it in kind of both extremes. Sometimes it's like, I'm ready to get a deal. I'm ready. I have all my paperwork, my finances here. Let me show you my business plan. And they're looking for, you know, a deal. Other people come in and they just want more education, right? They just want to have a very safe conversation with a banker or a VC and really pick their mind. Like, what does it look like? What should I be prepared for? What do I need to do now? What questions should I be prepared to answer? And so regardless of where they fall in that spectrum, the opportunity to sit in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a capital provider is a very valuable and educational experience. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I mean think about it you know so my background you know my my parents came here from mexico my dad works at anheuser Busch, the brewery you know he does real estate on the side now kind of you know he's always had the entrepreneurial mindset but he had the whole i had to take care of my family so it was always kind of too risky for him my mom actually went to school and became a teacher so she's now a second grade teacher bilingual teacher at that you know but you know growing up we didn't know you know it was just like you work you work and you know and to hear that that now entrepreneurs have you guys are providing that kind of access is amazing i mean that to me kind of takes a little bit of, okay, I have to get to this point. Once I get to this point, then I know I have the resources. I can apply to get the resources to get to that next level, which I think is huge. Cause I mean, it does take that fear away of how do I scale this? You know? Well, I was going to say, Jose, there, there's another troubling statistic is there's a huge opportunity gap that we've identified. And the size of that gap is $1.47 trillion. And wow. what that means is the difference between what Latino business and non-Latino business owners earn, $1.47 trillion. Mm -hmm. And Jennifer articulated this so well. A lot of it has to do with access to capital. Mm -hmm. So we're literally 
a scrapbook of testimony of mm -hmm. the, the what's possible because usually our Latino and Latina entrepreneurs rely on what we call internal sources of funds. Mm -hmm. Friends, family, mm -hmm. checking in savings. Mm -hmm. Tio or tia loan. I think it's friends, family, and fools, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you know what? It, it, we're limited to that circle. Yeah. And what we've seen is testimonies mm -hmm. where people, you know, they go out of their comfort zone. And we've seen companies quadruple in size. Companies that came in at $5 million and today are over $20 million. Because wow. they said it was uncomfortable. You know, we did not want to assume more debt. We don't want to get those five additional dump trucks because how are we going to pay them off? Mm -hmm. And then they realized, you know what, we're going to get to know the bankers before we need the money. And now these companies are striking deals with corporate America. We wow. also preach something that is very significant. And that is in when you can to think about becoming certified a certified minority-owned business or mm -hmm. women-owned business. Because mm -hmm. what that lends itself to is mm -hmm. procurement opportunities mm -hmm. with corporate America, with mm -hmm. governmental entities, mm -hmm. with what I call infrastructure entities mm -hmm. like the city government, transportation, the airports, mm -hmm. even sports teams. So we see this as a big opportunity for our Latino entrepreneurs and those that they are employing. Yeah. So another thing that I want to say is there's this myth, right, uh -huh. that Latino and Latina entrepreneurs are in Latino enclaves or neighborhoods. Yeah. Our research states through Stanford mm -hmm. is that, that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Latino and Latina entrepreneurs are everywhere. They're not just in California, Texas, Miami and New yeah. York. But they're in places like Boise, Idaho, mm -hmm. Omaha, Nebraska, Fayetteville, Arkansas Alabama. and Alabama. <laughs> in fact, did you know that Birmingham Alabama uh -huh. is a hotspot for Latina entrepreneurship. I didn't know that. And by the way, hashtag Latina power. We got, uh -huh. we got powerful Latina right to mm -hmm. my right with Jennifer. But now over 50% of Latino businesses are owned by Latinas. Wow. Wow. I did not know that. See, this is what I'm telling you. Like, I'm sitting here giddy. Like, you guys, I wish I had the video up and something because you guys have seen me. Like, I'm sitting here, like, cheesing big time. This is great information. I mean, you know, I didn't realize it was like that you know but that's i think that's great again what you guys are doing is amazing you know you're providing those resources and that access to the funding or just every not just to the funding but to everything you know in a well laid out plan it's not just like okay here's the information and that's it you know like you guys actually have a good program a proven system that does work well and i would just say hats off to you as well because i think one of the things that we've seen is for companies to get to the mark where they qualify for our program, and that's a million dollars in revenue or 500,000 in external funding. For a company to get to that place, they have to be a certain level of efficiency and automation. Mm -hmm. And to your point, what we were talking about earlier is that you help, you know, you help your clients really become efficient yeah. and leveraging technology so that they're not using their own human power and time on that. And in turn, they can now focus it on growth. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, that's my biggest passion is leveraging the tech that's out there. Right. Even if it saves you two hours a month, you know, how much is your time worth? Is your time worth $100 an hour? Okay, that's two hours. That's 200 bucks that you're getting back. Right. What if I can get you an application that you pay $40 a month and you get that back? I mean, two hours. Can you imagine what you did with that? That's yes. another deal you can close a month. Maybe two deals you can close a month. That's right. You know, and next thing you know, you start increasing so and, and it makes your business a lot more scalable because at that point now you bring in the human element 
is focusing on a lot more kind of focus-driven and revenue-generating activities, which increases your employee retention because then now they're happier because they're not dealing with, oh, I have to chase timesheets. That's right. You know, or, oh, oh, you know, Juan refuses to give me his expense report. You know, you get away from that, and they're a lot more happier because they're actually contributing to They buy into the vision, which, again, you know, kind of every, everything goes up. And so my big thing is there's no resources for that in Spanish. There's nothing. There is none. All these applications, that there, there is none. There is support system. There is, there is no, you know, support. So that's kind of what I've been trying to do is really get out there and show people, hey, this is what's out there. And then the accounting community, especially like, hey, you guys are the ones forward-facing working with these Latino business owners. This is what's available. You know, you guys need to get educated so that you can then go ahead and help your clients to grow and scale as well. You guys get to grow and scale and be more efficient, take on more clients, and then you guys can pass that knowledge over to them. And so, you know, I've had the opportunity and the privilege to kind of work with some of these tech companies, you know, because I use a lot of them. And I've kind of told them the mission that that's what I want to do. And they're 100 percent on board, you know. But right now, it's just kind of me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's Can I put a, a shameless plug here? Have you heard about Contavi? The Contavi yes. Alliance. Yeah. This might be something good for your audience to hear, right? When you are looking for resources in Spanish from some of these vendors, mm-hmm. being part of a larger group of professionals who are mm-hmm. in your same industry, your voice is much louder. So when you want to go to some of these tech firms and say, mm-hmm. I need this in Spanish, well, now it's just not one sole cry, but you mm-hmm. have a group of people who are really requesting a product enhancement yeah. that meets the needs of this community yeah when this comes out it will already be out but i do have an interview with the owners of contabi coming out actually our time next week so we talk about the atax franchise but then we i also kind of probed them about contabi and i think i threw arthur off guard a little bit he's like i didn't expect that but you know because it's important i want to learn i mean that's great yeah you you get the membership base and you're like okay look i have the numbers here you can't ignore me anymore exactly you know and so the good thing is i do want to say so zero the accounting software has been amazing as far as providing me the resources I need to help at least the people that in their ecosystem, you know? So it's just kind of like, okay, let's get everybody else on board. And that's where I think like Contabi, you know, come into play and things like that. So, but you, I mean, you bring a great point. Yeah. I mean, that's what's going to get you to that next step. Right. Man, that's a big group here. Well, the audience, you might be hearing some background noise, but it's uh-huh. all these Latinos and Latinas. I think there's 7,000 of us here that have invaded San Diego. Wow. I didn't realize there was that many. Yes. That is awesome. So a shout out, a shameless plug for uh-huh. Latitude yeah. and our dear friends at NAREP. Uh-huh. So Saul Trujillo, also a board member of LBAN, and our chairman, Victor Arias, is here as well. Yeah. So this is exciting. Yeah. This what we're awesome. talking about here uh-huh. and these collaborations, we're actually now moving the needle. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Yes, 100%. I mean, they're they're starting to listen. They're starting to hear. I mean, that CEO forum that they just had, I mean, the whole talk was about the Latinx community, you know, and why are there not more board members representing this community? You know, that's the first thing Saul was asking them, you know, and, you know, you got people like Ulta who were talking like, you know, yeah, we're trying to go after that, you know, that market. And, you know, Wells Fargo, I think they said they have the most home loans out for the Latino community. That's right. And then Morgan Stanley, they were talking a little bit about how, you know, what they were trying to do. But I think it's great. You know? Well, Mary Dillon, the CEO of Ulta, she basically said it out there on the main stage. She said, if we don't win with the Latino community, we don't win. Yeah. Hashtag that all the way. Yeah. 100%. I mean, you know, a statistic that I heard, and I think it was actually Arthur that told me. I'm just going to call this episode Arthur Love or something. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> Arthur, we love you. Yeah. We're cheering so, for you. All right. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
so that's Narep Texas Plano Garland. No worries. We here. love we love no, the we energy. Love it. We love it. We love it. Hey, give us a shout out. Wait, where are you guys from? That's Latino and Latina power right there. What other conference will you go to where you have a bunch of people cheering each other like this? This is so invigorating. It's prideful. It's energizing. Yeah. I mean, it brings tears to my eyes because this is a moment that we've been salivating for. This is it. This is our time. Yeah. These guys are partying over here. I love it. I need to find my Houston chapter and get them harder in here and over here. So I joined NARREP. That's why I'm here. So I joined NARREP in Houston. And that's it. Yeah. And so, you know, they're like, hey, come to the conference. It's going to be great. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll go out there. It's been tremendous. I mean, the latitude portion of it, everything has been just, I sat in the sales summit yesterday with Renee. And that was just, you know, yeah, you're pitching to real estate, but it's, it's all sales tips. And to everybody listening Come to Latitude next year. Yeah. Come to San Diego. Mm -hmm. They want to grow this to twenty thousand mm -hmm. in just two or three years. That would be amazing. So everybody listening here should join us to be a part of this, to mm -hmm. be a part of this movement together. Mm -hmm. Como familia. Yeah. 100%. I love it. I love it. And I would just add to that, you know, you may consider the conference and look at the agenda, but really, I think so much of the value comes with the connections and the people that you meet here. Mm -hmm. You know, there, you walk away with the inspiration and motivation as you heard the background noise behind us. People are really energized and excited to rally amongst another Latino and Latina, right? Mm -hmm. A rally around their business, their profession, mm -hmm. their success, mm -hmm. which I think is fantastic. You know, something that I was talking to, you know, I don't remember who I was talking to. I'm not going to lie. But the conversation came up where, at least in our community, we're too busy fighting with each other or competing with each other, refusing to collaborate because, oh, well, I'm not going to work with him. You know, pettiness and like, well, no, he's going to make more money than me. Competition. Well, competition. Yeah. But like negative competition, you know, and something that I've noticed, at least that I do is I started working, you know, because the accounting industry is the same way very competitive you badmouth everybody that's how you get business you undercut prices and you badmouth so i started working with other people and it's like sending business back and forth my business has grown their business has grown and our clients are happy and now we share clients and they are just happy and now those relationships are being built because we're all collaborating which is something that i think you guys you know this conference narep you guys that's something that you guys are trying to teach that that's how we're going to get there is working together you know, if I could just add to that, there's two things that I really see in my own perspective that has changed this is one, what you touched on is adding value to people, right? There's that law of reciprocity. If you give first, people are so much more willing to give back. Mm -hmm. But the other thing, which is unique to Alban and Mark mentioned this earlier, the mantra of doing business with one another and getting business for one another that really just breaks down the walls of competition, right? Mm -hmm. If you approach business with that lens, you could get business professionals in the same room, in the same industry, in the same, you know, what would otherwise be considered a competitor. And now they're really thinking outside the box as to how they could support each other and how they could collaborate. That's what it is. They're looking yeah. for ways to collaborate. So every year when we bring in, or twice a year when we bring in 80 entrepreneurs into the same classroom and they're introducing each other, 
they're immediately like, and then we prompt them for this. Start thinking about how you can do business with this company. There's 80 businesses here. Yeah. How can you do business with each other? Yeah. And I think when you start approaching it that way, the walls of competition just kind of mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, 100%. Well you know, I love it. I mean, this has been amazing, guys. Thank you so much for this. I really do appreciate the time. So we're coming up on the end of it. Is there anything you guys you'd like to say? Any kind of last words? or Please join us on this movement with LBAN. And our website is www.lban.us. Uh -huh. okay. My name is Mark Madrid. Uh -huh. And my email is mark at lban.us. Okay. So I want to make it known if uh -huh. anyone has a question that they can email us. Uh -huh. We also have our official Facebook page, okay. LinkedIn page. We're on Instagram as well and okay. Twitter. Okay. We're just very blessed to be uh -huh. in this position. And so we want to keep on megaphoning the Latino and Latina entrepreneurs across this country uh -huh. that are connected to the Latino and Latina household. Yeah. And all that's doing, mm -hmm. U.S. Latinos, seventh largest GDP in the world. So we are making a difference, not only culturally, but economically. Yeah, I mean, I would just say to those that are listening, I think that regardless of where they are right now, that there is a tremendous opportunity for upward growth and momentum. And, you know, we spent the last few minutes talking about LBAN and, and we have a requirement. But I would say to your listeners that maybe do not meet that requirement is think about what you can do now so that you can get to this requirement, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's certainly things you can do. Find a consultant, work with a, you know, a business advisor so that you can get to the place where you're continuing to grow. Mm -hmm. Should you choose. You know, I do want to touch on something that you guys kind of brought up is think of your work on your business, not in your business. It's just that mindset. Instead of being a worker, be an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's great. You know, and that's something that that's the first thing I talk to everybody about. For any new client I get into, I'm like, how much do you do in the business? Well, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, and that. I'm like, okay, the first thing you do is invest and find a way to get some of that stuff somewhere else. And I also heard <laughs> run the business and don't let the business run you. Yes, 100%. 100%. So, all right, guys, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. And uh, we're going to put all y'all's information in the show notes and everything. And I will let you guys know whenever this comes out. Thank okay? you, Jose. Right. Thank Pleasure. you for this opportunity. Y'all right. have a wonderful day. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll catch y'all later, okay?